Welcome to Pitch Deck, the podcast. I'm Sarah, and Pitch Deck deep dives into the founders' ideas from day one. Focusing on them as individuals, we explore the real people and their stories behind the ideas and their pitch deck. And we find out why they are the best people to be pushing their ideas forward into the world. Because investors invest in people before investing in their ideas. Today, I'm talking to Michelle Reeple and Laurie Frey about their invention, the Baboo Bottle. It's a revolutionary baby bottle that closely replicates a mother's breast. It has successfully been used to get a baby to feed when they've been otherwise refusing the traditional baby bottle. Michelle Reeple is a certified breastfeeding specialist with over 15 years of daycare entrepreneurship and Laurie Frey is an entrepreneur with big picture, multidisciplinary oversight, budgeting, operations and communication expertise. She's managed budgets exceeding $50 million annually for the world's top illusionist David Copperfield, as well as managing smaller boutique clients with an in-depth focus on greater efficiency and higher profit margins. In this episode, they share the aha moment behind the idea, the development of a very technical product, and some very personal stories of how the bottle has helped some very unwell babies back to good health. Let's meet Michelle and Laurie. Welcome to the show today, Michelle and Laurie, calling in from the US. I'm so excited today to hear about Baboo Bottle. It would be really great if you could start by telling us a little bit of an overview about Babu and the journey so far. Babu is providing a solution for infants who have difficulty latching onto a bottle. So that sounds incredibly simple, but it's not. Uh, there are many bottles out there uh, with different designs um, that don't work with the natural tendency of the mouth and how a baby's mouth is formed and how a baby would naturally feed from the breast. So even if the baby is not breastfeeding, their mouth and the way that it is formed wants to go in a certain way with the tongue up against the roof of their mouth as opposed to curling their tongue. So Michelle has designed a bottle that allows the baby to latch properly uh, by the way that she uh, used the silicone and how it, uh, the gradation of it. Um, so again, it sounds very simple, but it's really a bottle feeding versus baboo feeding. So the baboo feeding is the most like the breastfeeding and how it actually forms in the baby's mouth uh, to create a proper latch is what we're calling uh, the trademark proper latch. It's so interesting and I really want to delve into the design process. But just to get started, what what inspired you? Where did this all start? Where was the like where, what's the journey been for you? Where did the idea start from? And, you know, what areas were you working in to inspire you to do this? Uh, the journey started on the front end. Michelle came to me and said, I've got this idea. Um, so I'm going to let her take it from there because it was uh, her idea, her inspiration. And she can tell a little bit about her background as to why she was even in the situation to go, oh, I think I figured it out. Um, so I'm a mom that has three boys and I breastfed all of them and I had a daycare and I was bottle feeding all of my daycare children. And so between the two things, I noticed that babies held their mouths differently. And I wondered why so many of the bottle fed babies were having so many latching problems and there was a variety of things that made them not respond well. So low tone was one of the things like 
if they had Down syndrome or they had, I had one that had a stroke in utero, another one that had like an adrenaline disorder that they had too much. Uh, yeah, there was just a whole bunch of different babies that I met. And so the one, the mom decided, uh, I'm just going to stop breastfeeding. I can't come from work. And the baby is crying with me at daycare all day. And she was crying with the mom all night to breastfeed. And the mom was like, I'm just going to stop. It's just too hard. And we're just going to put her on bottles. And I felt really bad that the mom was having to make that choice only two weeks into going back to work. And, you know, after she had been successfully breastfeeding for two months and I was consoling the mom and I had this idea was, why can't I just make something that's more like the bottle or the by the breast so that they can just go back and forth without having to have such a traumatic experience so early in their daycare, just being separated from their moms. But yeah, so that was where I saw it in my head, what the shape of the nipple would look like and how it would all work. And that's when I contacted Lori and was like, hey, I have this really great idea you definitely want to help me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was very interesting at that point because I had my son at uh, 35 years old. I was uh, older and he did not breastfeed well. What I found out later was that I had uh, breast cancer. Um, so I was very in tune with what it feels like for a mother not to be able to breastfeed well and to just be, want the best for her, uh, you know, wanted the best for my son. So I understood when Michelle showed me it and how it was going to work in the mouth and how the original one, which Michelle has a patent on, there's a variable flow. So if you have a uh, breast that starts out very slow, you could mimic it with uh, the bottle. So it's a lot of bottles say that they have variable flow, but uh, Babu actually is one that does it actually. So, and then so from there, we uh, Michelle found a place in Kansas, and then we went to another place in Philadelphia, and then finally in Florida, we're able to get prototypes. So we've had three rounds of prototypes with it. Uh, we also went to experts in Rochester with the women who wrote uh, breastfeeding for the medical uh, community, the actual book that they use here in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, at one of the best uh, schools in the country, uh, the bottle feeding expert here. And they all liked it. And when they saw the shape of what Michelle had done in the gradation of the plastic, they said, don't ever let anybody change this because they will try. People will try to tell you to change it and don't let them. And they kept using their fingers and, and just uh, rubbing it down. And it was just an interesting thing that all of them no matter where we went, if they were an expert, a lactation specialist, they all did the same thing uh, to see the shape that Michelle had made. So it doesn't look overwhelmingly different, um, but it actually is very overwhelmingly different. So um, from there, we uh, uh, had 200 bottles made and Michelle has been using them in the prototypes. And then um, so we've been trying to, we found one uh, person who invested with us and used my own personal money. And then, uh, so that's where we're at now is trying to find the next phase. So in the end of 2019, we pivoted to a single nipple. So there's a variable flow, which is two pieces. And now we have a single nipple, which is one piece, um, so that the proper latch can happen with the baby's mouth. So 
um, which is much more affordable um, to make the single. And then we can uh, go on to uh, the more premier uh, bottle later once that one is successful. It's absolutely fascinating and probably solving a lot of troubled mums problems. Um, so where did you both meet? So how do you know each other and how did you know to reach uh, out to Lori? So is my aunt, so my mother's sister, and she works in entertainment. And I thought, ah, oh, she must know some rich people. Like <laughs> maybe she can help me find some way to get this idea out of my head because uh, many of the people in my family were inventors. And so I'm just kind of following in the tradition, except I wanted to do it by myself rather than for a company. My grandfather worked for IBM and he developed the digital speedometer in your car. And my uncle worked for Kodak and he invented like the the printing kiosks for your photos so that you could do more than one size. But so they didn't have any patents in their names. And I just thought, ah, maybe this is something you can patent. I don't know. So Lori will be able to tell me. She knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) So when Michelle brought the idea to me, even though she is my niece, we are more like sisters. Um, And I have always respected her and her knowledge especially with children. And we both have communication uh, theater degrees. Uh, She has traveled the world with me. You know, she actually came when I was traveling uh, with my son to South America. Uh, And so she was there as basically the nanny to take care of it. So as I was in the theater all day, she was with him. And uh, so certainly respect her in that manner. And I just uh, saw the it factor. So I'm in entertainment and I've worked with stars from all over the world. And there's something that you can see, which is, you know, everybody calls it the it factor, that even sometimes people that aren't as talented as other people have the it. And in life, Michelle has the it when it comes to babies. Everybody would come to her. I would see it. I would go home to visit. Um, so we don't, we live five hours apart. But when I was there, I could see the mothers and the grandmothers and, you know, whoever was coming to her to say, this just doesn't seem right. And, or she would be telling me stories of what had happened. So I was like, you know what? Absolutely. I want to invest in Michelle one uh, because I believe in her, but two, I believe the product is successful. And when you look at it, you know, everybody who wants a ticket to a concert, right? So there's lots of people that can go to lots of different shows and there's babies born all the time. I think it's what 140 million babies are born every year. So it's not a select market right? (laughs) There's just always going to be new babies. And I thought if I'm going to do something, I want it to matter and this would matter. Um, And I want to have a big enough demographic that we're not just struggling to go, we can't even find 12 people who are interested in this. So that's how. Well, uh, every human has been a baby. So the market (laughs) is infinite. But let's um, come on to the the market segment in a little bit. Um, I just want to talk about your your relationship and how you've transitioned from being family members into business partners. And, you know, what roles do you both play? Who who has the strengths in what areas and who's lead, you know, who's taking ownership of each area? I'm definitely the creative side for sure. And... I also have a very strong memory. So 
when, you know, we're in business meetings and then two weeks later, we're like, what was, what did we talk about with that person? And I can usually remember their name and all of the finer details of, you know, what was discussed and yeah, definitely creative when there's anything relating to like the technical side of the bottle, the materials, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I have pretty strong opinions on, I, I want it to be perfect for the babies because once, you know, you invent something, it's out there in the world and I don't want it to be wrong. <laughs> so I tirelessly make it perfect because I want them all to benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. So when we would meet with the manufacturer, we had, uh, we had meetings with a company from Europe and also one in America. So interestingly enough, both of them also do high-end automotive. So one is working with Lamborghinis and one is working with Porsche. So because of the finer plastics that needs to happen in the very, very tiny minute pieces and how a hard plastic has to fit with a soft plastic. And that's about as technical as I know, because I always just say Michelle. So Michelle is in the room with these engineers who have worked on the most high tech things in the highest level cars. And they're going, Oh my gosh, I never thought of that before. So she absolutely takes the lead with that holds her own in a room of it doesn't matter how many people or um, what their background is and quickly gets the respect from them. And then I, on the other hand, have been working with trying to raise the funds. So uh, as a producer and general manager in entertainment, I'm always about budgeting. So I can look at a budget. I can say, you know what? We have only got X amount. So we've spent a little over $250,000 to get where we are. And the prototyping phase of that was pretty um, uh, inexpensive when you think of what we got. Um, and a lot of people would be like, oh, you could have spent over a million dollars just trying to get what you did with the patents and that. I'm like, I'm not going to overspend. I don't do it for my artists. I'm not going to do it on a baby bottle. There is no reason to just spend frivolously. So I do that. And I'm a pretty good at putting together teams so I can see what Michelle's strengths is. We've talked to PR people. So uh, she's not normally comfortable talking in front of people. So we know that that it, we will bring in somebody that maybe is more comfortable. But if you're in a one-to-one -one or in a small group, she will have no problem explaining what is happening with the baby. So I can assess what the strengths are, where we need it in marketing. So I, you know, I can do that. I, I do a great 360 look at how individuals in each setting are going to help or hinder. So if somebody's hindering, but they're good in one thing, I just say, you know what, why don't you stay in your lane? And we'll have this in the other lane. I love the balance and support you have for each other. And you're really aware of the skill set that's, you know, potent needed potentially in the future. Have you um, earmarked a particular role that you're going to hire for with the funding round that you're raising? There will be two. Uh, one will be another operations person will have to come alongside me. So even though I'm the CEO and uh, COO at this point, there will have to be somebody who has known an infant industry better than me, right? Because there, you know, there's just going to be hiccups. So there's that position. And then the marketing person, we have a marketing man that helps us with branding, but we have met some incredible women who have been in the bottle industry that have launched other ones and are um, just supreme, like, and understand the bottle because they're either mothers or they got it right away. And it's very important uh, that the person in that role 
who has the social media. So a lot of the people we've spoken to are from Google. They're Harvard grads. I mean, it is very interesting of how, um, and we knew that for the premium bottle, we knew that the higher level educated women were going to understand it better just at the, at the front end. Um, and that is, and it was nice to know that Harvard grads are going, absolutely, I totally understand it. And this is necessary for all women. All women should have the ability to have this bottle in their baby's mouth. So that is exciting. And that has happened in the last four to six months of women really coming alongside of us and saying, let me just help you. I would love to be part of the team or not part of the team. Let us just help you get this to market because it's that important. That's such wonderful validation and, you know, real life stories that just people know it's going to make a difference which is fascinating. And just to go back to the invention process, how did you know where to start? Um, It was basically from a sketch. So again, I plucked the idea directly from my mind and just drew it on a piece of paper and sent it to email to the guy. And I would say, gosh, it probably took a good six weeks of back and forth. Like he would send me what they did. And I was like, no, that's not right. The bottom needs to be like a little bit bigger or whatever it was. And it was because it was so 360, like it wasn't just a flat image. Like I, and I wanted different thicknesses and there was two separate nipples. So it was really, really difficult to get that first one. And then the other problem was that we couldn't make it out of silicone. So then I, you know, you get so excited, you got the first prototype, and then I couldn't use it. It completely disintegrated it, the day that it arrived. So that was why we went to the next place. And then they were like, yeah, we can't do that. And then we went to the third place, finally in Florida, and they were finally able to make it. So gosh, how long did it take to find? That was a couple of years anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so when we finally got that first one, um, it was really, really exciting because I got to watch them making it like the whole process. And it's kind of think the same as somebody who's written a book, you know, that they get to go watch them printing the book. It's kind of like that. Um, but yeah, so the first day that I got it, you know, I, I had it for an hour. You know, I opened up the box and everything. And one of my old daycare moms called and was like, it's been two weeks. They want me to have this biopsy and the baby won't take a bottle. And I was like, oh, I have this thing that that we can try. I I haven't tested it on any babies yet, but we can try. Right. And uh, so I drove straight over the very first hour I had it. And um, the baby uh, they had been trying for two weeks to get her to take something. And the mom had been, she was boiling bottles when I got there and she had like 10 different bottles. It was every single bottle that they could buy in the whole area. And she was like, she just won't take anything. It just dribbles right out of her mouth. She's like, she can't latch onto it. I was like, let's just try. And we put it into her mouth and the mom started crying because she totally latched on it the exact same way that she did when she was breastfeeding. And so when she took it out, the milk was like on her lips the same way as when she breastfed. She was like, that is literally the most amazing thing. (laughs) So that was like my very first day with my first prototype. (laughs) 
That's such a wonderful story to have in the journey. And how many did you say you'd you'd ordered in the first batch? Just 200. That's still the only amount that we've had. Wow. And how many other stories do you have? Or do you have any poignant ones that would be great to talk about? Um, let's see. There's quite a few, actually. <laughs> I have one family and they, the mom, you know, was struggling again. She was going back to work and her first, her first baby, and he was going to my mother's daycare. So I trot over to my mother's daycare to just check out this baby who wouldn't take a bottle. And cause the mom had been coming from work to breastfeed him. And I don't know if people know this, but it's actually really hard to do that, which is why a lot of women pump and send the milk to daycare. Um, but so for this mom, she could come there, but it was like a little bit hard to schedule. But so anyway, I went over there at, with my little prototype, you know, I kept having Lori and our other guy send me all of their prototypes. I'm having all these babies. I don't have any bottles left. You need to send me more. <laughs> but so anyway, he used that and he ended up using that bottle his whole first two years of his life. And then his mom had another baby and she was like, oh, I'm totally using that again. And then she just had a baby just this last month and she's using it again. So Yeah, it's a repeat customer kind of thing. But again, it's just so hard for babies to go back and forth. Um, What's another one? Um, There's so many. How about Ava from Ireland? Oh, yeah. So I traveled with Up With People. I don't know if you know what that is, but they were out of Bloomfield, uh, Colorado. And you do a, you sing and perform a, a musical and travel around the world and stay in host families and do advanced work and volunteer. But so one of my friends from that group had a baby and she was like, Oh, it's just like the worst thing ever. Like how do people breastfeed and go back to work? Cause she was having a really hard time. And I was like, well, I just so happened to have this thing right uh, in our little Facebook group chat. And so I made up a box of bottles to send to her in Ireland. And yeah, they just loved it. And she told all of her friends and then handed out bottles to all of her friends. So there's like a little pocket of people in Ireland who have used Babu. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important that people know that Michelle went and is now a certified breastfeeding specialist. So she didn't just stick with, I had three babies. I worked with a lot of, you know, babies in daycare. She literally went and got certification, learned more, has taken that and learned even more, got recertified. Um, so she takes it very seriously and is always checking on what is what is something new with medicine or what is something new with an invention or all the baby products. So she is always in tune with the uh, mostly women inventors who are there in any baby product um, and checking them out and making sure that it works and that it's safe and why does it work and why is it um, intrinsically uh, important to the mom or to the caregiver. So um, I just really think that's amazing with her. And there is one story that I would love Michelle to share about Blaine, um, who basically when he was, uh, he was born in vitro, um, no, no, no this, he yeah, had a stroke. a stroke in utero. There we go. That's yep. why she's the expert and I don't talk much about <laughs> it. 
<laughs> so the mom was pregnant with twins she, and he was one of my daycare kids. He came to me when he was about 10 months old and he wasn't able to sit up or move at all or hold his bottle. And he had had a, a stroke in utero and the mom hadn't noticed that he didn't use one whole side of his body. So when he came to me, I was like, uh, something is very different about this baby, you know, when he's just laying on the floor and he just kind of permanently had his hand and a fist on his belly. And I was like, I definitely think that, that there's something you know, that needs to be addressed here. And she did end up taking him to the doctor and they said that it was the left side of his brain. There was a whole area that had died. And that was when she found out that he had had a stroke in utero. And he had a real hard time with really low tone with his mouth for sucking. So he struggled with just bottle feeding in general and, you know, walking later. Um, but so we, uh, I, you know, I, so when I had kids come to my daycare, I had probably 50 plus bottles because I was obsessed with making sure babies could have the perfect feeding experience, right? So every bottle was perfect for a different baby. And there was never, you know, one bottle that could really address all of their issues. And so we found a bottle that he could finally take and we worked with him like tirelessly having him cross the midline, which is helps support the brain and, you know, makes them uh, make better connections to help fill in where he couldn't with the part of his brain that was dead. But he's what, now in fifth grade and he plays football and plays soccer. He's got a little bit of a hiccup, but you know, he gets right along and he's a fun little boy. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. When Michelle told me that, I was like, you did what? She goes, oh, no, no, it's important that, you know, you have to move your hand from the right side of your body to the left side of your body. And that helps the brain. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was, I was amazed at what she knew. And she's like, oh yeah, all day long, I'm just putting a toy in a different place and I'm making his attention go to the right side or the left side to make sure she said, that brain, the part of the brain that doesn't work, I'm telling you, Aunt Lori, it's going to work. This baby is going to walk. He's going to be normal. And I'm like, what? So You must yeah. have such a long list of on your wait list for your daycare with all these <laughs> stories that are going well, on. It, it was the weirdest thing, though. Like, I always had, like, the strangest medical cases of any person in the whole area I just seem to be a vacuum for those babies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like sure I'll take them yeah. you know yeah. um micro preemie what was it paradactyl like uh where they have like uh the hand um down syndrome uh autism seizures like I I wasn't scared of any of those babies so I thought Ah, oh, sure. I'm the best person to take care of them. <laughs> what would happen if they didn't, if they didn't have somewhere to come to with someone who knew, you know, at least what yeah. to try, if not what to do? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I never thought of that, actually. But they might not have. I mean, the moms might have not been able to go back to work. And, you know, their families might have been financially struggling just to be able to take care of the babies, I I would guess, yeah. 
Wow, it's just amazing work that you're doing. And do you still have your daycare or have you um, left that to follow this full time? Uh, yes, I did leave the daycare, but I did work at my mom's daycare up until COVID. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of made everything a little bit wonka doodle. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> word for it. That's a great word for that I haven't heard yet. And how has COVID impacted the development of Baboo Bottle? You know, have you had to pivot in any way? How's the supply chain? Yeah, I think uh, for us, it's actually been beneficial because we are, I'm in Cleveland, Michelle's in a small town in Pennsylvania. Um, we have been able to, con- we were just starting to connect and ready to go to New York and um, meet with some people there. And uh, when COVID shut down, with everybody going more online and the Zoom meetings, it's made it much more normal to be like, oh, we're going to talk to the people from Silicon Valley that have an interest in investing. We're going to talk to the people in New York. And then they connected us with you who are in you know, the UK. So I think on that level, we have raised the bar of excellence because everybody was trying to find their new footing to go, what am I doing? So if your job changed or your position changed, you, everybody still wanted to help other people, right? They still didn't want the jobs to go away, but everybody was pivoting at the same time. So I think that was very helpful. And those connections have led to other connections with investment and ideas. So we're still looking uh, for the one person, like the least amount of money we would need is only $350,000 to get about 50,000 of these bottles in parents' hands. So that does not allow for, you know, a high-end marketing or any of those things. So could we raise a million dollars? Great. Um, So I think it has been beneficial. It has given uh, my schedule slowed down with entertainment. So I have pivoted to basically being full-time on Babu as well. And it allows Michelle to uh, really hone in right before the shutdown. We were in uh, Missouri and going to uh, the company that used to make a lot of the Dr. Browns. So they did the bottle and the nipple. Uh, So we have in with them and we have, you know, during the, Shut down. We were able to make a prototype. Michelle designed her own bottle that felt good in her. She is very petite, so she has a small hand to hold it. And her husband is over six feet tall, and he's a manly man. Um, and he's able to hold it, so they she can grip the bottle in two different ways: the actual bottle, not the nipple. So we were able to do that, and the, you know, uh, they had slowed down, so they're like, "Yeah, let's do that." So we're actually in a really great position, and literally just need the money to say let's go. That's really fantastic to hear and know, you know, what you're focusing um, the, the the capital on. So it's predominantly to get supply, to order more supply to send out or to put for sale. To actually get the proper molds for the single, uh, because we pivoted from a uh, two nipple design to the single nipple design first to just make it more affordable and easier. Uh, so Michelle had to redesign that a little bit and uh, look at that. And so the molds need to be made. So we need to do the final prototype with a single mold and then go into manufacturing molds. But we are very confident in what it is um, because we, you know, she's spent so much time on it and talking to the right people. We've been incredibly blessed to get the best of the best um, input uh, and people that really believe in the project. So it's exciting. And what are the key differences between the double and the single? And how have you ensured that the single still has the maximum like, benefits from using it? 
So when I was developing the variable flow, so basically when you turn the bottle, it changes how fast or slow the milk comes out. So I don't know if you, you can't, you won't be able to see I it. But anyway, it, but no one, no one listening will be able <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, there's like these, and then the, you can change how fast it is. Now, if you take it apart, you can. There's like four sections in one of the nipples and only one off center hole. And so depending on how that, uh, you know, the orientation of the two holes, so it picks a different amount, but so in order to have what I designed originally, and it's kind of this thin, it feels like human skin in your, in the baby's mouth. So, most bottles are just one continuous uh, thickness, and but a human breast feels different than that. You know, the end is a little bit hard, and then it gets a little bit softer, and then it gets big. So I wanted to replicate that specifically. And the one thing that I noticed from some of the feedback was that some women just wanted the feel. They didn't necessarily want the flow rate. So I thought, oh, well, I could probably just develop one that had all of the same way that it feels without the flow rate. So that's basically how this one is. So it's the same kind of skin feeling with the nipple being just a little bit firmer. So it's the same thing just without the flow rate. That's really interesting to hear. And who are your biggest competitors in this space? And why has this not been done or not had much focus already? I think our biggest competitors are possibly the bigger companies. Uh, there are many of them out there that have been around for a long time, but that doesn't mean that it is the best option for babies at this point. So Michelle has come up with uh, different knowledge of how a baby's mouth will be on the nipple. So uh, instead of um, having the competitor uh, that may do one, you know, they attack a situation in one way, whether it's uh, colic or the latch or all of those things that they say, or the variable flow, or it feels like the breast that she has been able to take her knowledge and actually solve some of the problems that have been said that they're solved that possibly and probably are not at this point because so many babies still have problems. Mainly, I think they just make claims that it's the same as the breast, whether they have, you know, anybody can get research to back up their claim. Anybody can do that. You just pick the one that does, right? <laughs> um, so I, I just don't feel comfortable just making, you know, empty claims. <laughs> I actually want it to, to do what I say that it does. Um, if, if I'm going to claim that it's like the breast and, you know, your baby's not going to have colic, then it, they shouldn't. Because <laughs> most babies actually get colic because they suck the air in around their lips. So it has more to do with the latch than it does with air. They like to say that it, you know, keeps the baby from getting colic because of this long straw. But if anybody knows anything about liquid dynamics, air shouldn't be coming out if it's in the top. Like the only thing that should be coming out is liquid, period. It doesn't matter if it has a straw in it or anything to do with that. 
So the way that the baby's getting air is around their lips and how they're latching onto that bottle. So, yeah, I think that's maybe the biggest difference between literally any other bottle, but also the curling of the tongue. So, like, if you try to curl your tongue and swallow, I, I, I dare you to try to curl your tongue and swallow or flatten your tongue and try to swallow. Like, nobody curls their tongue to swallow. So why are we asking babies to do that? It's just ridiculous. But... I just tried it, admittedly. <laughs> and, <laughs> Very and you unnatural. Can. You can't do it. No. No. Very unnatural. So, so, yeah. So that's, I think, you know, and nipple confusion is another word that people like to use. But I don't think that it's actually nipple confusion. I think it's two different things that you're trying to teach a baby. So when they come out of the womb, they flatten their tongue, they breastfeed. That's just how they learn how to suck. And then when we introduce a baby bottle that has that long uh, shaft and they have to learn how to curl their tongue and swallow, that's actually what nipple confusion, I think, is. <laughs> and what are yeah. the long-term impacts on, like, dental or anything that by using, you know, an off-the-shelf bottle would have? I'm yeah. learning so much today. I'm fascinated to hear more <laughs> about all right? this knowledge you have. <laughs> so... Mainly with the tongue, that's the strongest muscle in our entire body, right? So with the tongue, when you curl your tongue and suck on something, it pushes the roof of your mouth. So that that hard bony structure gets really high and it pulls in your teeth, which makes you have crooked teeth, period. Uh, I think it's like 90% of all babies in Ireland are bottle fed. And both of my friends had really crooked teeth. Is that a correlation? I'm sure that you could probably find, like, I could walk up to a person and I usually can tell if they've bottle fed or if they were breastfed by how straight their teeth are. And I can tell when people have had braces. So it's different. But yeah, so it makes their teeth crooked. But by having that high roof of the mouth, it also, as an adult, changes how you're able to breathe. So it does cause sleep apnea in adults when you have that really high roof of the mouth. Um, another thing is breastfeeding helps your muscles in your face so you're more symmetrical. Um, bottle feeding does not. Uh, yeah, so you're prettier if you breastfed <laughs> this is so fascinating and it literally impacts everyone in the world because we were all yeah. babies at some point we can all suffer from sleep apnea we can all have teeth deformations so yeah. how are you assessing your market how are you doing the segmentation and where are you starting and what's your go-to-market strategy how you know where are you going to start and where what fields would you like to go to yeah, we're going to start, I mean, really is pro the proper latch. What all of those things that Michelle just described is if the baby has a bottle that is a proper latch, like the breast, uh, then it is better for them. So we're going to start with the most simplistic thing that most people can understand a, a proper latch. Like, oh, there's a right way to latch and a wrong way to latch. So uh, we start there with a single nipple um, and the market uh, we will go with boutiques so that Michelle can go around and, and speak. She will be on social media and the go-to market. Um, we're still deciding because there are some interested investors who like the avenue of going straight to Amazon. 
and others are a little concerned and would rather start more grassroots and through our um, website so that we control the education so that Michelle is very available, which she will be anyway. Um, so the marketing will will do that. So uh, we go back and forth because uh, if we can launch in the next six months, that's about how long it will take to go to market once we have the money. Um, it'll be a very different world. So we are very in tune with what is happening in our world uh, and in America specifically. We would like to launch in America or the UK. There's a company that could make it in um, Austria as well. Uh, so English speaking, we're going to start with an English speaking country, whether it's America or Canada or the UK, because uh, that will just make it easier for us until uh, we pivot. Um, so that's basically it. It is uh, in the demographic. Um, we would like to do a hospital study because there are some um, underprivileged areas that really could benefit from them. And uh, so that would be easier. So instead of a big, huge uh, company, probably do one of the smaller hospital uh, groups. There's one out in California that would be helpful um, to just get it in the baby's mouths. So um, that's the approach to make sure that we are getting it in the right baby's mouths, making sure uh, that people can buy it easily. Right. So is it uh, we would streamline and make sure that if it is through our website, that it's very easy to get. Um, and then the marketing is uh, Michelle with the social media and all of the baby groups that she's been following forever and the other inventors and just making sure that people know it. So we are not planning on uh, taking over the market, you know, in an instant. We want it to grow organically. We want people to say it really works. I don't think it'll take that long uh, for it to catch on because all of the people that want it keep asking her saying, when is it on the shelf? I have friends that want it. Uh, and we're limited right now. So we think it will happen organically pretty quickly. Um, and that's exciting. That's the beneficial thing of, um, you know, early years, because often mothers will go to what we have NCT groups in the UK, you know, where mothers will um, create many communities with other mothers at that time. And word just spreads, you know, that's their support network of any problems they're having or any solutions they've found. So in terms of manufacturing and how quickly you can manufacture the bottles, what are the lead times like? So say you had a big order come in or you realized as soon as you launched, it was really popular. How long does it take you to, you know, manufacture maybe a hundred? Oh, a hundred's easy. So we can make, um, you know, in the six month period, once we get the molds and everything, once they start manufacturing, it's about a hundred thousand units a month. Um, and it just depends on whether you go 20, you know, four, seven, but in order, like we will make them ahead of time. So my goal in budgeting is we're not going to like make them as we get orders. We will have enough lead time to make sure that, um, it will be fulfilled because what we don't want to happen is it to be successful and grow more quickly and not have uh, the necessary uh, bottles in place. So we will be thinking ahead and our runway financially needs to make sure that we have that in place so that we're building them as we go. Cause we do believe that uh, when it catches on, it will continue to go. Um, so there are, you know, the company in uh, St. Louis that could ramp up very quickly. That's really good to know. And in terms of your pricing strategy, how do you envisage, you know, parents to purchase? I think you mentioned earlier that one bottle got used for three, three children. Is that? Um, <laughs> well, no, what, it was more than one, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the, what's the sort of pricing strategy you're going, going, you know, for? Is it affordable so for the mass market or is it a more niche product? 
Um, it's for the single nipple. It'll be uh, about $15 for a single. You could buy two for 25 is what we're doing it. And then the high end premium bottle will probably be about, you know, $29.95 for the single because it is two nipples much more uh, difficult to make. Yeah, much more technical t- uh, to be in a very specific uh, robotic, um, how that needs to work for manufacturing. So we think we do want to make it affordable. Uh, we think 15 for one, uh, two for 25 is very affordable for what it is. And the expertise and knowledge that Michelle will bring along with it uh, is worth is definitely worth it. Um, and we want we don't want to undercut it and then have us go bankrupt before we get out the door. Right. It is a long term. This is not something Michelle just wants to do and walk away from. She believes in this. She wants it to be successful from now until the end of time to go. This becomes the standard bottle. That sounds very, very reasonable and definitely affordable. Um Particularly when you transfer that to the pound, but I imagine you have a, a British um, a British pricing model that might be um, a little bit more equivalent. Yeah. Um, so in terms of your investors and, you know, what you're looking for, what would you say are the top three key attributes that you would like to see in your investor? Number one, we would like them to understand and be passionate about um, the product. So whether they have their own babies or not, that they understand why it's going to be successful and know uh, that it is a uh, launch up from the single and then want them also to know that the benefit of having a patented uh, variable flow. Number two, uh, we would like them to, yeah, I don't want to sound rude. Uh, (laughs) It is incredibly important that they are kind, but... We are not so naive to think that there are some really cutthroat people. In entertainment, I have worked with some amazingly cutthroat people who on the inside are very kind, but on the outside are very rough. So I'm not afraid to work with rough people to just be like, because investors generally need to get to the bottom line, and we totally understand that. Um, But at their heart, at their core, they just have to be honest um, and want to see it to move forward. And the third, I don't know. Do you have a third one, Michelle? Those are my my two that they have to be passionate about it, and and one to um, be able to afford it, right? Like there are those, and it, savvy investors would be nice. They don't have to be, but the more you deal with somebody who's done it before, the easier it's going to be. So their expertise, we want to hear from them. We do not just want to take your money, and we're going to be willy nilly going. Oh, we're just going to do this, and we have our agenda. We really. Yes, we have our agenda, but we want to bring the expertise of those who have invested before. That's important because we don't know everything. We want to learn and we want it to be successful. And if you have experience, then please bring it to the table and help us. And those people also have other networks. So the people we're talking to have already done it. They've you know been through the process, even if it's not an infant product. They know how to bring a, if it's a consumer product to market or even an app. There are just certain things that you need to know in 2020 and the market changes so quickly with information and apps and all of those things. So the, uh, the more savvy you have of an investor in that realm, the better it is. Sounds good. It sounds good to me. Um, what about you, Michelle? Have you got anything to add to any of those things? Mm, so I always go on feeling. So like when I meet a person, especially somebody who, you know, we are thinking potentially as an investor, I always 
just go with my gut of whether or not this is a person I could even tolerate to be around, <laughs> um, which is usually, it doesn't take very long, usually only a couple seconds and I'll know kind of the feeling of that person. Um, so for me, yeah, that's first, that's the very first thing that comes to mind. Second, you know, I want somebody that I can learn something from. I mean, I, I am fascinated with people <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I don't have to learn anything from them, but I, I probably will either way. <laughs> and I would like somebody that's interesting, right? Like I get bored pretty easily. So if they're not interesting, I, I think a, an investor is somebody that we will, you know, communicate with quite a bit and I don't want them to be boring. <laughs> yeah, I think the world of investment is definitely changing right now. The number of investors are increasing or becoming more, um, more. you know, you can see them more visual. And the value of an investor into a company is changing from just being a financial ad to being, you know, a knowledge ad or experience ad, just anything that they can add beyond the finances. So I think it's definitely becoming a two-way process where, you know, the company being invested in can start selecting their investors as well. They're not stuck just desperate for investment. They can choose who they think is going to add something more. So, yeah, I think all of those sound very valid and very important as well. It's been really wonderful chatting to you both and hearing about what you're inventing um, and taking to market. It's a product that to me sounds like it's going to impact every human in the world, um, even though you're starting small, everyone needs to know about the importance of breastfeeding and bottle feeding as a baby. So thank you so much for sharing your story and the journey you've been on so far. And I'm so excited to see where it's going to go. Um, I learned so much today as well. So thank you for all that expert knowledge, Michelle. That's just incredible and mind blowing. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you. It was so much fun. And um, just a quick one. So where can mothers, if they want to reach out and get more information, um, really importantly, how can investors get hold of you? And do you have any social media media handles that people can follow you on? Yeah, there's Babu Bottle on Instagram. And there's a Babu Bottle Facebook page. And then our just babubottle.com website. Yeah. And Babu is spelled B-A-B-O-O. Perfect. So they know exactly where to find you. Well, it was lovely speaking to you and have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Today, I learned something about a problem and a solution I had yet to give much thought to. It's inspiring to hear the journey of an inventor and an invention that is quite literally saving lives and saving parents from serious stress and worry. I hope you enjoyed hearing the story of Babu Bottle as much as I did. And if you're interested in investing, please do get in touch with Laurie and Michelle. If you're a parent curious about Babu Bottle, take a look at their website and don't hesitate to reach out to Michelle. I can assure you she will do absolutely everything she can to help. Next week, I'm speaking with a team from Spoke, a fresh new approach to meditation for those who want to unleash their happiest and most creative self where other solutions just haven't quite hit the spot. Their meditation sessions, hyper-personalized mindfulness and self-therapy through music. They're inspired by hip-hop, backed by science, and delivered by artists. Tune in for the last episode of our health and wellness series next week.